Really excited to be starting this series today because I think this is so important for the world that we're living in right now. Just this idea of learning to be gracious in the midst of all that everybody is going through. Uh, About a few weeks ago as I was kind of preparing this message, Andrew had been on the phone with this company. He had ordered something from a vacuum company and I'm not going to tell you the name of the company because I don't want to get in trouble but it rhymed with shark. And um, so the company kind of messed up his order. What happened was he had ordered two things and they were supposed to be shipped together, but they shipped them separately for some reason. And so he got charged for two different shipping fees. And so he's on the phone with them back and forth and back and forth. And this turned into like a multi-day thing. And as he's going back and forth with them, um, he eventually is in the office one day and either he called or they called and he's on the phone and he's, and he's on hold and he's kind of doing some busy work as he's sitting there waiting. And then back and forth, back and forth, I got to talk to my manager and, and oh, I'm sorry, this, you know, explain what happened again. And like this whole multi-day confusing thing. And this phone call now, he's on He's on hold for all this time. It's turned into like 26 minutes of him in the office. And so Joey and I were just kind of overhearing this whole conversation. And after about 26 minutes, Andrew just eventually goes, you know what? (laughs) He goes, I'm at work. He's like, it's $7.11. I'm going to donate it to your company. So please be blessed by that. And so the lady then says, well, is there anything I can do for you? He says, listen, I just want to let you know you did your best and this isn't your fault. And he goes, um, tell, your, tell your manager that he owes me a Starbucks and a half because that's about 7-Eleven. And he goes, just, if you could, just, you, know, you want me to put anything in the notes in your file? He goes, just put those two dots in the sad face. That's all I'm looking for here, okay? And I looked at Andrew as he got off the phone and I said, thank you for giving me the intro to my Be Gracious series. Like, can we just hear it for Andrew for a second? Like, that's pretty outstanding because I know for me... In a situation like that, it's not as easy to be gracious to somebody in the midst of it when it feels like they won't work with you. And so being gracious is not easy. And the little things are the big things, right? Now, the definition for gracious is courteous, kind, and pleasant. And that is all nice and good. And in 2020, we need that, absolutely. But can we take it a little further today? I think we need to talk about a much deeper meaning of the word gracious. You see, scripturally, this definition comes out like this, showing divine grace. Divine grace, not just grace, not just being pleasant, right? We need so much more than that in 2020. We need so much more than that in the midst of all the brokenness that we're walking through right now. And specifically in the Old Testament, the word grace, uh, gracious rather, refers to God's favor, his mercy, his patience, and his kindness. But it is hard to live like that, isn't it? And I want to ask you a question today. And this is a really, really, really important question for you and I as followers of Jesus. And if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're watching online or you're here in the room, thank you for tuning in. This is going to apply to you as much as anybody else today. But especially us followers of Jesus, man, this is so important right now. Okay? And so here's the question I want to ask you today. What will you do when you have the chance to pummel somebody? Right? Like pummel somebody. Okay? Now, pummel means to strike repeatedly with the fists. All right? But... I would say more often than not, it's not actual fists. But we do pummel people, don't we? All the time. We pummel them with our words. We pummel them with our actions. We pummel them with our attitude or our humor. And we justify it, right? And some of the reason we justify it is because they deserve it, right? They did something to us. They wronged us. They caused us great pain. We caught them in some type of sin. They gossiped about us. They stabbed us in the back. They betrayed us in some way. And so we go, well, of course, I'm going to pummel them because they pummeled me. What do you do? When you have the chance to pummel somebody. Let me change the question. What do you do when you've been pummeled? When someone's come at you so hard 
And man, 2020 feels like the year for that, doesn't it? And so sometimes we justify it because the person deserves it. But isn't it interesting that so often the person we go back at doesn't deserve it? Right? Like, why do we do it then? Well, I think sometimes it's just humor, right? Well, we take an opportunity to make a joke at somebody's expense. This happened with me recently. I was with some people, and there was this moment where an opportunity to go for a joke came up, and I just kind of pummeled somebody in the midst of it, not because they deserved it, but because I just had a moment to, to, to look funny and make myself, I guess, feel better about myself. And I took this opportunity to make somebody else look dumb in the midst of it. How horrible, right? I think sometimes we pummel somebody because somebody else is pummeling them, right? This is big. We grab a hold of somebody's offense, right? Somebody hurt our spouse or our, our friend, and we take up that offense, and we go after somebody just like they had done it to us. Sometimes it's even worse when, we try, when we're taking up somebody else's offense, isn't it? And we're kind of now just imitating this pummeling, right? Uh-oh, light change. <laughs> we're imitating this pummeling. And uh, uh, in my house, I have a bunch of different... Um, uh, air conditioners in the walls. I don't know what's going on with the lights. Are we all right, bud? All right, we'll get them back. Uh, we, in my house, have all these different air conditioners built into the walls of my house. And as uh, I was just inspecting them, there's like mold in them. They're like old and kind of nasty. So we want to take them out. So I took them out and I got to frame the wall in. And I got to put you know, siding back and get everything right. And as I'm doing this, I'm, I'm pummeling the wall. I'm like, you know, pummeling these nails into the wall. And as I'm doing it, suddenly I hear this noise behind me. It's, it's my, my little three-year-old neighbor. And he's playing in the leaves right just on the border of our, our, our property. And so I kind of smile at him. And he, he kind of just looks at me suspiciously. And I kind of go back, and I'm, I'm back to hitting the nails back in the wall. And all of a sudden, I, I go bang, bang, bang. And then I hear from the, uh, the fence on the other side, bang, bang, bang. I was like, what? So I did it again, bang, bang, bang. And then I hear bang, bang, bang. And I turn around. My neighbor, this little three-year-old, had gotten a little green hammer. And he was pummeling this tree <laughs> in his backyard. And every time I would hammer, he would hammer. It was adorable. And then a few days went by, and I went back out there again, and I'm putting up siding in a different spot in the house, and I'm bang, bang, bang. Next thing I know, bang, bang, bang from the neighbor. Like, this is incredible, right? But isn't it funny? That's what we do sometimes in life, right? We see someone pummeling somebody else, and we just jump in, whether it's, to make, again, to make ourselves look funny, or we're taking up this great hurt that someone has, and we're just laying in to somebody. Sometimes that's you and me, gossiping about somebody, jumping in, right? Sometimes we, we're just taking our hurt out, aren't we? Right? The boss came down hard on us, so we come down hard on our spouse. There's a money situation and we're stressed about it, so we come down on our kids. A friend came down on us, so we come down on another friend, right? There's all these different opportunities to pummel somebody. What will you do when you have the chance to pummel somebody? In 2020, we've got all these disagreements about politics and a billion things. What will we do when we have the chance to pummel somebody? Guys, here's the thing God is so gracious to us. God is so incredibly gracious to us. And in this series, we're going to get glimpses of his goodness and graciousness to us. And we're going to learn how to be gracious and why we should be gracious. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to let you know that God is gracious. See, when he had the opportunity to pummel you and I, he did the opposite. And we're going to see some of that here today. We're going to look at a famous story. We're going to look at the not-so-famous part of this famous story. But I have to kind of summarize the famous part because there are some people here and watching online who've never heard this before. All right? So let me summarize some of this, and then we're going to get to some stuff you're not probably as familiar with and learn what we do when we have the chance to pummel somebody and learn what we do when we ourselves have been pummeled. And let me just add in here real quickly that for some of you here today, you're just pummeled by life. 
It wasn't a person. It was this year. What do you do? You see, although you might not be wanting to pummel a person, maybe you've been pummeled by this year, this season, or or maybe several years now. And there are going to be some things that I think really specifically for some of you today we're going to discover as we keep going through this. And so you guys may remember Joseph. We talked a little bit about him a few weeks ago. We talked more about his dad Jacob and his mom Rachel as we talked about jealousy a few weeks ago. And then Joe did a great job last week talking about Jacob who was, again, Joseph's father. But we're going to talk about Joseph today. Joseph is the guy God gave a great dream to. He's also the one that whose father loved him more than his brothers, which of course led to some extreme jealousy. And his brother sold him into slavery and told his dad he's dead. Think about it. Joseph has been pummeled here. Like, can you imagine if your siblings or anyone for that matter sold you into slavery and then told your parents that you were dead? This is horrible. Would you think maybe as Joseph is now a slave that there's some opportunity for some anger and resentment to grow in his heart? For him to think about how he could pummel somebody back, Joseph had plenty of time to kind of plot revenge, and he became this servant in a rich ruler's house. And I don't know about him because it doesn't say in the scripture, but as he's lost his freedom and he's serving in a stranger's home in a foreign land, I have to wonder if he's had some arguments in his head with his brothers. He's had some thoughts about what he could maybe do and had some of those arguments and thoughts in his mind. Kate and I have been painting the outside of our house it's like an eternal project. I don't, Jesus will be back before we're done. Actually, we're getting close. We just have the back to paint, and it's just the back, so who cares, right? But we're painting this house, and it's quite a project, and we've been doing it after school, after work, on weekends, whenever we have an opportunity. And sometimes it's good bonding time, but sometimes it's quiet. And i got to tell you, when it's quiet, man, my mind goes to some places where I've been hurt. My mind goes to some places where I've been angry. My mind goes to some places where I'm having conversations with people. And I have to just believe that probably Joseph had the same temptation that I do. And while he's there serving in this rich ruler's house, he's falsely accused by his wife. You see, the wife came on to Joseph. Joseph had great integrity and conviction and ran out of the house. And then the wife got upset and then accused Joseph as coming on to her. And so Joseph's then thrown into prison, and I have to again say that the Bible doesn't tell us that Joseph struggled with this. I have to believe, because he was a human like you and I, that there was a temptation in his heart and his mind in that moment to want to pummel his brothers, to want to lash out, to want to get revenge, to want to get even, right? But something is just incredible about Joseph, And the first time that this really went off for me and I got this in my head was when I was in college. And so you got a picture. It's 1996 through 2000. I'm 20, you know, 18 to 22 years old. I've got long, blonde, curly, wavy, Jesus Christian metal hair. Uh, I've got a big goatee I used to shave designs in because I was that cool. And uh, as I'm there, the chaplain of the school, David Pleadings, got up on stage and he talked about Joseph. And whether you're feeling pummeled by a person right now or just life, this is so important. Because here is what he said. He said, Joseph in the middle of the prison cell had an up-to-date relationship with God. I haven't forgotten that in over 20 years. In the middle of his pummeling, Joseph had an up-to-date relationship with God. His heart was soft toward God in the midst of it all. How do we know this? Because a few times people come to Joseph and say, hey, can you interpret this dream? And he goes, well, God could. 
I can't, but God, God can. We see this connection to God. We see this closeness with God. He's still in communication. His heart has been pummeled, but his relationship with God is up to date. His heart is soft toward God. Can I ask you a question? How is your heart? How's your heart right now? Pummeled by a person or pummeled by life, how is your heart? Because the truth is, how you respond to being pummeled is directly impacted by your relationship with God. How you and I will respond to the pummeling by a person or the pummeling by life, it's directly impacted by our relationship with God. And whether we will be gracious or not is directly impacted by our relationship with God. And so Pharaoh, the ruler of all Egypt, has this dream. And uh, again, a lot of you know the story. Joseph interprets the dream. And so he is then, by the power of God, kind of brought out. And he has this amazing plan because he understands a famine is coming. There's going to be seven good years where there's going to be lots of food. Seven bad years where the whole world's going to be without food. And God gives Joseph this incredible wisdom. And this is the part of the story that we don't hear as much, right? Genesis 40, 41, it says this. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had made him ride in a chariot as his second in command, and people shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zephathana, Peneah, which means the man to whom mysteries are revealed. Ooh, how sci-fi, right? How, how Stranger Things, how Twilight Zone, right? No, how, how God, right? Like in the midst of this situation, why? Because his relationship with God was up to date. In the midst of the prison cell, in the midst of the pummeling, this, this different reaction came out. Let me ask you again, how is your heart today? Remember a few weeks ago, we looked at this passage of scripture. It says that everything we do flows out of our heart, right? We've got to guard our hearts because everything we do flows from it. So everything that Joseph would do in response to this would flow out of his heart. And listen, some of us are in a figurative prison right now of somebody else's pummeling or of the pummeling of 2020. I know for me, I, I so have felt this. I was, I was talking with somebody recently and I was explaining, I was trying to explain a certain message I had given about a year ago and I said, remember that time on stage when I like cried? And, and I was like, I like cry like every week now. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, wow, like this is just where we're at, right? And as I was writing this message, somebody had pummeled me and I got really low, like really low. And it wasn't just what this person did, but it was everything we've been through. And... It wasn't any of you, don't worry. Some of you are going, oh no, what I say? <laughs> they don't come to our church and they wouldn't be watching the stream. Now, somebody kind of pummeled me and I wanted to defend myself and kind of put the person in their place and I wanted to give up, <laughs> run away from it all, you know? And I wake up having to write this message. <laughs> and Kelly and I dropped the kids off at school and uh, we get home. I'm supposed to go on a prayer walk and as I'm walking the neighborhood, Kelly just goes, how are you? <laughs> That's not bad. And we went on the prayer walk, and I got as much <laughs> out as I could. I prayed as much as I could. And I get back to my computer, and I open it up, and I start reading this story. And I remember <laughs> all those years ago what that chaplain said, that in the midst of the public, 
their relationship with God was up to date, that his heart was soft. How's your heart? In the midst of the pummeling, how's your heart today? Because how you and I respond, how we will either be gracious or not be gracious is directly impacted by our relationship with God. And as hard as this has all been, and as pummeled as you might feel right now, we have to, in this season, say, God, I'm going to choose to be close to you. I'm going to choose to come near to you, Lord. And so there are seven years of plenty. Joseph stores up all the food he can, and then there's seven years of famine. And then in Genesis 41, 56, it says, When the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians. For the famine was severe throughout Egypt, and all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe everywhere. And guess who showed up? Joseph's brothers. And as soon as it says in verse 7, as soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. And you're going, Doug, I thought the name of this series is Be Gracious. Why would Joseph have spoken harshly to them? Well, hang in there. Joseph was testing them. Joseph was testing them to see something, to see if in all these years there had been any change in them, right? And then Joseph calls them spies, and they say, no, 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 we came to buy food. And then it says in 40, Genesis 42, 13, but they replied, your servants were 12 brothers, the sons of one man who lives in the land of Canaan. The youngest is now with our father, and one is no more. And they're thinking, we don't know who Joseph is. We don't know where he is or even if he's alive anymore. And so again, he calls them spies, and he tells them, that they will be tested. And he says, here's what can happen. All of you can go home, but one of you must stay. And when you come back, you must bring your youngest brother, Benjamin. This is the one brother that didn't betray Joseph. This is the one brother that didn't abandon him, that, that doesn't even know he's, he was sold into slavery. Thinks he's dead. And what they had done was still plaguing them. It says in Genesis 42, 21, they said to one another, surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life, but we would not listen. That's why this distress has come on us. Reuben replied, didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy, but you wouldn't listen? Now we must give an accounting for his blood. They didn't realize that Joseph could understand them since he was using an interpreter. He turned away from them and began to weep. Joseph had been pummeled by his brothers. What would he do? What will you and I do? On their journey home, they realized that all the silver they had brought to buy their food was back in their backpacks. And they're thinking, oh no, Joseph's going to think, or they didn't know it was Joseph, they, that the leaders of Egypt are going to think we stole this. But in reality, Joseph had just been gracious, right? He had just put all the money and silver that they had brought to buy food back in their, purchase, or back in their backpacks. In other words, saying, here, this was a gift, right? And that's a question for you and I today. Although Joseph has had years pass by and he's had all this opportunity to be angry and all this opportunity for his heart to grow cold, he's gracious and gives them free food in the midst of their famine. My question for you and I is, will we give our enemies food in the midst of their famine? Will we give those who have pummeled us or will we give those around us that are in need food in the midst of their hardship, in the midst of their famine? And so they returned home. And they told their father, and that he refused to send Benjamin back. He said, I've already lost Joseph. I'm not sending Benjamin. In Genesis 43, the family runs out of food. They have no choice but to go back to Egypt. And they have to bring Benjamin. And they arrive. And Joseph has a great meal prepared for them. And they question, he questions them about their father. And he sees his brother Benjamin. It says in verse 30 of Genesis 43, Deeply moved at the sight of his brother, Joseph hurried out and looked for a place to weep. He went into his private room and wept there. And I just wonder what flooded through Joseph's mind. 
probably how much Benjamin had grown since he'd last seen him. It's incredible how quickly that can happen. I was on the phone recently with a doctor and I was talking about my daughter and they asked how old she was and I said, she's 12. And I said, no way, she's 14. And they made fun of me and I told them off because I'm gracious. No, no. It's just so, happy, so quick, right? And I'm just imagining Joseph's looking like, I haven't seen Benjamin in so long and look at how he's grown. And there must be in his mind like all these years I've been without him. And so they get food and they go on their way and, and Joseph has another test for them. And so he fills their bags with silver, but he also places his personal silver cup in Benjamin's backpack. And then as they're on their way home again, Joseph's men follow up and they, they grab a hold of everybody and say, um, you know, you've stolen this, you've stolen this. And, and again, this is a test and the brothers deny it and, and they're taken back and they all offer to be Joseph's slaves. And this is what's so important. Genesis 44, 17, he says, only the man who was found to have the cup will become my slave. The rest of you will go back to your father in peace. And so Joseph is testing these guys. Have you changed? Are you different, right? And he is basically saying, Benjamin is now my slave. The rest of you go home. But, but Judah, says, I cannot do this. My father will be heartbroken. And are you ready for this? Verse 33 of Genesis 44. Now then, please let your servant remain here as my Lord's slave in place of the boy and let the boy return with his brothers. How can I go back to my father if the boy's not with me? No, do not let him see the misery that would come on my father. Here's what we have to learn from this, everybody. Be gracious because everybody is in process. Judah changed. Judah changed. Be gracious because everybody is changing, right? Especially when God's in the equation. We be gracious. Now listen, we've talked before. Every time I talk about forgiveness or these types of messages, if there's a situation where someone is abusing somebody, get out of it, get away from it, get the help you need, and heal separately and forgive from afar and let God deal with that person, but get out of it, okay? That's a whole different scenario. But I love that Judah changed. And when God's in the in scenario, the, you and I need to be gracious because the truth is, guys, it might just be your grace that God uses to transform somebody. It might just be you. It might just be you as the person who is the conduit of God's graciousness in the midst of a, a challenging situation where you could have pummeled them. That, that man, God just uses your kindness and your love and your, your grace to transform them. And so that's why we have to keep such short accounts with one another. That's why we have to be so loving with one another because everyone's growing, you too and me too, right? And so who in our lives maybe have we been ready to pummel and in reality we need to take a step back and say, wait, they're growing. God's gonna change them. God's at work in them. I'm gonna give them an opportunity to do that. Be gracious because everybody is in process. Genesis 45.1. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants and he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him. And Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Why? Because they had pummeled Joseph, who was now the second most powerful man in the world, with a chance to pummel them back. What would he do? What will you do? Genesis 45, 4. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. Come close to me. Though you have sinned, come close to me. Does this remind you of anybody else? Does what Joseph is doing right here remind you of anybody else that you know of who in the midst of extreme hard situations and, and a lot of sin and brokenness would look at you and I and say, come close to me right now. See, this is Jesus, right? 
Though we were sinful, Jesus was pummeled in our place and says, come close to me. Be gracious to others because Jesus has been gracious to you. That should be the easiest thing when it comes to looking at what Jesus has done for us, that there'd be this grace that then flows out of us. Genesis 45 goes on. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. This is so important, everybody. They meant to pummel me, Joseph is saying, but God had a plan for me. Can I tell you something? Whether it's because of what a person has done to you or 2020 has done to you, they meant to pummel you, but God has a plan for you. Can we cling to that hope right now? They meant to pummel you. 2020 meant to pummel you. The situation meant to pummel you. But God has a plan for you. Genesis 45, verse 6. For two years now, there's been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there'll be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant of the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. God's going to tell you something today. And you know this. You know this. God has done powerful things in your life during the times and as a result of the times we've been pummeled. He's worked humility in us. He's changed our our direction. He's brought calling out of some of the hardship of our time. He has caused character to grow. He has done powerful things in you and I as we've gone through great hardship. And then it goes on. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Guys, what is Joseph saying here? God uses your pummeling for your good and the good of others. As hard as it is to see right now, the pummeling of 2020, the pummeling of what that person did, said, stabbed you in the back, the sin you found out, all of that, God takes it somehow in his grace and he uses it for your good and the good of others. Of others, And as Kelly and I were sitting there that day writing these messages, I was writing this message. She was sitting in the chair next to me writing the deeper message for this past Thursday, which was phenomenal and so powerful by the way. But as we were working on this together and she knew the kind of day I was having, she just looked over at me and said, you know, Doug, as hard as some of the stuff we go through is, there's things that come out of us that just wouldn't be there if we didn't go through it. And she didn't know the message I was working on. She didn't know literally the scripture that Joseph was, you know, the things he had just said that I was looking at. And I said, honey, that's exactly what I just saw here. That's exactly what God was doing. He was using Joseph's pummeling for his good and the good of others. And the same is true for us, everybody. As hard as it is sometimes to see it, the same is true for us. He's using it somehow. And sometimes it's really difficult to see that. But it's not pointless. And it's not for no reason. How's your heart? What will you do when you have the chance to pummel somebody? Joseph tells them to go bring their father to Egypt. And it says in Genesis 45, 14, then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept and Benjamin embraced him weeping. Listen, and he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Not just Benjamin, all of them. Afterwards, his brothers talked with him. Gracious. Jacob came and lived in Egypt for 17 years. Eventually, he died. And Joseph's brothers became nervous, thinking, okay, he's just been waiting for this. He wouldn't do anything bad to us while our dad was alive. But now that Jacob is gone, what is he going to do to us? 
And it says in Genesis 50, 18, his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended for good. To accomplish what's now being done, the saving of many lives. Same is true for you. That person intended evil, but God is intending good. 20 and 20 intended great evil, but God is intending good. Somebody intended it for harm, but God intended it for your good. What will we do when we have the chance to pummel somebody? What will you do when you've been pummeled? Be gracious. Be gracious. How's your heart? Is it soft toward God? You see, the truth is, and this is hard because I'm in it with you, everybody. The truth is, this is a choice we have to make. Joseph had to make a choice in that prison whether his heart would be soft or hard. And it's not easy sometimes to say, no, it's going to be soft. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to make sure it's soft. I'm going to be in the word of God so it's soft. I'm going to be in the presence of other believers so it's soft. I'm going to be in worship so it's soft. I'm going to be hearing the word preached so that it's soft. I'm going to make sure that I do whatever I can. I'm going to spend time. I'm going on prayer walks. I'm going to lay out on a, on a beach. I'm going to sit down on a towel in the middle of winter and look at the waves come crashing in. I'm going to build a fire at night and sit out there and look at the stars and let my heart be soft toward God even in the prison of my pummeling. Be gracious. Be gracious because everybody is in process. People change. That's the hope of the gospel. That's why we're in this. Listen, we're a mess in here, right? We're all a mess. You put all of our different struggles together and our pains and our woundedness together right now, we're a mess. But thank God we change. Thank God we grow. Thank God he's working on you and me. Be gracious because everybody you lay eyes on is in process. Be gracious, gracious because Jesus has been gracious to you. Whatever you and I are walking through today, we can take confidence in the fact that our Savior has treated us the exact opposite of what we deserve. The scripture says we were God's enemies and we are, have been brought close as his friends, his children, his heirs. He's adopted you and me. Be gracious because Jesus has been gracious to you. And be gracious because God works all things for good. Even our pummeling. I gotta tell you something. This is really important. Some of us are, are thinking as I'm talking through this, and maybe you were thinking the same thing, thing as we went through the, you know, the unoffendable series. Maybe you were thinking, you know what, Doug? Like you keep talking about being gracious and being unoffendable and forgiveness and all these different things. But it, Doug, it really sounds like you're saying have no conviction, right? It sounds, Doug, like you're saying have no standards. Uh, Doug, don't, it sounds like you're saying don't stand up for what we believe in, right? Can I tell you something? We know Joseph to be a man of great conviction, Joseph was a man of great conviction, right? What happened when that woman came on to him in his ruler's house? He ran out the door. Strong conviction. But in the moment when he had the chance to pummel somebody, he was gracious. So I'm not saying we are not people of strong conviction, high standards, and that we stand up for what we believe in. But at the end of the day, the thing that changes lives is the grace of God. And so be gracious. Some of us maybe need to ask forgiveness of somebody that we've pummeled. Remember that story I told you a little bit ago about that joke I made that pummeled somebody in front of a lot of people. Well, it was only a day or two before God just gently kind of knocking on my heart going, Doug, you got to own up to that and you got to ask forgiveness for that. And I did. And the person was incredibly gracious 
to me. Remember that story I told you about that person that really kind of pummeled me recently? Again, none of you. As I'm out there painting the house and I'm thinking, I'm having my arguments. I'm listening to a podcast by Brant Hansen who wrote Unoffendable. And, and guess what he's talking about? Exactly what I wanted to hear that day. Blessing those who curse you. <laughs> and he's talking about how to do this and what it looks like. And I'm on that ladder and I'm like, oh, last thing I want to do is bless this person right now. <laughs> but I took my phone out. And I sent a really nice text. And I know you're all thinking, Doug sent me a nice text recently. Was I that? No, no. <laughs> not you. You're not here today. You ain't watching online. I can guarantee you that. And yet, to be honest, the response was not as warm as I hoped it would be. They were sort of kind of peacekeeping, I would say, in the text. And I tried to take it a little further and be a little bit more loving, but it didn't really go anywhere. And though I was a little frustrated at that, I knew I did what God wanted me to do. And who knows how God will use it in their life in the future. And I do think that I got past it more quickly. I think I got past the pummeling I'd received more quickly because I've been gracious by God's grace. This is nothing about me. This was all the Lord. <laughs> and as I did that, then God brought somebody else to mind that I should send a text to. And again, none of you... <laughs> And that person was really gracious back. And it brought some healing to my heart and to the relationship. And so I can tell you that there's going to be times this goes really well, and there's going to be times it goes really bad. It doesn't change what we do. It doesn't change how gracious we are. There are people that put their trust in Jesus and have eternal life with him, and there are people that don't. But he still came to rescue you and me. And so be gracious. What will we do? When we have the chance to pummel somebody, what will we do when we've been pummeled? Be gracious. Next week, we're going to take a little break from this series, and then the following two weeks, we're going to pick it back up. But if you're not a follower of Jesus here today, I want you to know about this striking resemblance between Jesus and Joseph. Both were innocent and became slaves. Both were innocent and became imprisoned. Both were falsely accused. Both were gracious to those they could pummel. But here's the difference. Though Joseph was kind to his enemies, Jesus died for his. And though Joseph was a great man, Jesus was not just man, but fully God. And he wants a relationship with you. If you want to know forgiveness today, we have a God that does not pummel. We have a God who shows such grace. We have a God who, as I get older and older in my faith, I see as more and more gracious, more and more gracious, coming alongside those of us who are so broken and so hurting. And he loves you today. And he wants you to have a relationship with him. So if you want to put your trust in him today, if you're watching online, I would love for you. If you're here in the room, I'd love for you to pray with me in just a minute and put your hope in him. He loves you. He does not pummel. For you and I, let's be gracious. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for the invitation you give us to be like you in this. God, we struggle. 2020 has been so hard. Maybe some of us are going, man, I was pummeled a decade ago. I was pummeled by somebody so long ago, I can't even remember the date, but I remember exactly what they did or said. And God, I just pray great healing over all of us, that, Lord, we would choose to be close to you in the prison of our pummeling, that we would choose, God, to be near you in the midst of our hardship, Lord. That's a choice we make, God, and we need you. Help us make that choice, God. Reach down into our pit and, and pull us out. God, we need you. 
If you're a follower of Jesus, I want you to first ask God just to make your heart soft. Go to him and ask him today to to heal you. He wants to do that. He doesn't want you and I walking around pummeled and bleeding and broken. He wants us to be whole. And he's the only one I know that does it. And then there's maybe the person that you want to pummel. And it's time to pray for them. (laughs) It's time to pray for the strength. Maybe it's pray for them. It's time to pray that you'd be gracious and I'd be gracious. That the Lord would help us be like him. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, you can pray with me now. Just quietly pray, Jesus, thank you for not pummeling me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for wanting me today. Right here. Just like I am. Show me what it means to follow you now. And I thank you for this gift of salvation, Jesus. Thank you for being so generous to me, so gracious.